welcome to this episode where I will be talking about my relationship with poetry, judging by the title, of course. I am enjoying a warm cup of tea this morning. So this is a very, very early morning episode. And it's a recipe from my great-grandmother. Yeah, from my great-grandma. And it's really good. And I believe in the yard, it was citronelle, which is lemongrass, as well as cannelle, and which is cinnamon, and jijam, which is ginger. So, and then probably some extra herbs and stuff tossed in there that I'm unaware of. But it's really, really good. And that is what I will be sipping on to get us through this conversation because it's a hefty one. And it has to be looked at from different perspectives from the one where what happens when something you love to do becomes so filled with accolades when something you love to do becomes a stream of income when something you love to do becomes a spectacle of sorts and how it can transmute and transform the relationship you have with something what happens when that thing you love to do begins to take root and hold into your identity right it's something I do not something that I am necessarily but it's something I enjoy to do but now you know the external is like but this is who you are this is who you are this is who you are and the pressures of all of that and it's a very delicate space to be and I would like to talk about that and it could be with anything it could be with any passion any side project any main project it could be with the career it could be with guardianship if you are a guardian right a mother a father a parent you know is this something that you do or is this something that you are right and where would we navigate this pathway but above all else i'm pretty sure that poetry saved my life i'm pretty sure that poetry has saved my life and i'm more than sure that it's what's led me into this position today everything every decision we make everything we do leads us to a certain point even you listening to me today or at this very moment, it's really difficult to find a voice and a space to speak when you've been shunned into a position of silence. Hence why this hard space is kind of ironic and, and very funny at this point in time in my journey. When the voice is not honored, Communication can take different forms, different expressions, if you will. Self-expression has the chance to leak into the fabric of our world in fresh, innovative, new ways. For instance, the quiet, introverted artist or performer. In this very American society, oftentimes you'd think that the most extroverted people in the room are the most artistic or are the most and there are many times that's not the case sometimes it is the one with the nose in their book or 
quietly tapping their pen and creating beats and rhythms in their mind. And there's so much time to soak in one's mind when we are talking about the root of introversion that art becomes breath and movement and incredible things can happen because you're kind of in this world in this dreamscape that has no limitation that's what poetry became for me and I want to talk about that I want to talk about how I've developed writing and it started off with a lot of reading and then for some reason I began writing but I just I never thought much of it I just did it okay I never was like Oh my God, I'm going to get, you know, I'm sure people are curious, like, what accolades did you get? When I was 16, I was nominated for an Emmy Award. And yes, I will tell that story one day. But I was nominated and I won, and I won it for writing, writing a, a screenplay or a short film, I should say. It's more of a short film. And I wrote it, and I made it, and I created it, and... I wasn't thinking much of it. Like many things that just happen. I never think much of it. I'm I'm just throwing, I'm just like, wouldn't it be so, for me in my mind, the way it manifests, the way it happens is, wouldn't it be so cool if I threw this at the wall and saw if it sticked? And it's very playful. And so writing and what that became for me was no different it started off with these short mini chapter stories and then you know one day it was in my essays and then I would look through my essays and then they became poetry because just the way that I wrote and played with everything that's just what happened as much as I'm talking about my process of the way I used to do things I want to talk about how I've developed writing and how I haven't written poetry for a couple of years now. Perhaps one to two years, two to three. Oh my gosh, I really, really, really hope I don't have like one of my professors listening right now because they would be distraught. But good news is I do want to return to poetry again, but in a different way. I want to be more challenged this time and I want to write outside of the scope of my pain because it's not the same. And I know we're told as creatives as it may be that we must write from pain. The best art comes from pain. The best art comes from those very dark parts of ourselves and I believe that there is resonance in that because there's a lot of unworked pain in people. And so it would make sense, right, if we're looking at the overall fabric and we're looking at things from energy and we're looking at things from an energetic standpoint and we're looking at things from magnetism, then it makes a lot of sense as to why people would look at art that was created that was fabricated, manifested, if you will, from deep, dark spaces of ourselves, right? Because if we're talking about the majority, right? If we're doing an overgeneralization, I'm sure we can all come down to the conclusion that 
there's a lot of unworked darkness and shadows within people, right? A lot of things people have not faced in themselves. So of course, a lot oftentimes we'll hear, ah, the best art comes from pain. The best art comes from our shadows. The best art comes from our... But what happens when you work through that, right? I, I think I'm reaching a point where I want to write from a place of healing. And it's not to say that it hasn't been done before. And it's not to say that when we are writing from those dark spaces, it does not provide us healing. But the piece of art was still made from a place of deep intricacies. <laughs> it was still made from a place of deep intricacies and and these darker portals of ourselves, right? This very um, dark night of the soul portions of ourselves. And so what would it be like if there was a piece of poetry I've written that does come from a space of healing, right? And I think I was moving towards that in father's side, which I... Which, but it's been a while. I think that's the most recent piece. I think that's why I shared it. And there's that. But we have to take it back. So let let us let's take it back. My first encounter with spoken word was on YouTube, when it was a really dope, incredible platform that would expose you to all kinds of things around the world that you did not know of. These different pools and puddles and types of comedy and media and dance and art forms and it would just you know it would just give you everything I believe seeing slam poetry and seeing the different walks of life and people that engaged in it held up a mirror for me to see my own beauty I believe the way the internet exposed me to the world in general from other cultures, people, languages have all been able to show me the beauty in myself. And I will always be forever grateful for that because I I come from a colorful culture. And when one is thrown into an environment where the standard is gray and everyone loves gray and they worship gray and gray is the culture. It's difficult to be all of the liveliness and flavor and, and color that that comes from such a place, right? You're thinking see you're thinking Caribbean, you're thinking, you know, the bomba skirts and the dresses and carnival and you know, the independence of 1804, and you're thinking compa, and then if you move to the other islands, you got bachata, you have all of these different colors and flavors, and foods, and, you know, but here, everybody likes gray, so you have to, you know, and this is before learning to play your own cards, and learning, you know, to seek the beauty within, so, you know, you're not intimidated by the the, the culture, the, the overall fabric and culture of others and, and seek and feel like there's something wrong with the internal because I am not gray like everyone else. So I must not be beautiful because I'm not gray. When in fact, there's nothing wrong with gray and there's nothing wrong with color, right? It's, you know, just a different culture, just a different part of the world. And never in a 
million years would my younger self believe that we would be entering a culture that is becoming so adamant about plucking different features and different pieces of culture from different parts of the world in which it's doing right now it's just it's I never never would my younger self think and so if we're bringing this back down to earth to slam poetry it helped me find that in myself before the overall culture reflected oh you're beautiful and your lips and you're exotic and you're this and it's, you know before it became a, a spectacle right before it became a trend so spoken word and and seeing these different walks of life seeing the caribbean seeing the hispanic seeing the african-american see just everyone show out right the asian americans show out and say you know my name is my strength and it's a badge of honor and my name reminds me of you know the last samurai and you know really standing in the identity right and this was way before like everything became so polarizing and politicized and it's a whole thing and it's a thing and it's a thing like but this was so dope you know like i would and i'd see all kinds of things you know like the you know american girls would get on stage and they'd be like you know my boyfriend you know did this and he sucked and you know he was a cheater and you know i deserve more than this or you know whatever like everyone would bring their own individual stories like some other people will come in and they'd say you know this is a poetry about the first time i fell in love and i i, I absorbed all of it like the identity the love the 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 stories like there is poetry about like aliens it was like everything and it was beautiful and it was it was colorful it was the first time that I'd seen something as colorful as me. And that was everything. And that was very healing. And I will be sharing my playlist of poetry with everyone. I will link it somehow, some way in the description of this podcast if you'd like to check it out after. But it was positive exposure for me and I needed it a lot. Was it the way I can communicate now not even close not the way that now I can look in the eyes of people and set my boundaries and speak my truth and no 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 no. but it was the beginning right we have to start somewhere we have to begin somewhere if we don't walk right we may not find direction at a certain point in time and I knew like this was good for me. It was like the, the embers of, of something great. It gave me something I desperately needed, something I craved, and I craved to be listened to, and I craved to be heard. Now, the exposure my poetry gave me and allowed me to have is something that I've come to admire and accept. And I would write a lot of short stories, novels, vignettes. I loved it so much. And I believe there's a part of myself that still loves it. It's why I'm cracking this open and, and trying to be as, you know, and, and not even trying, just being, right? As vulnerable as possible. Because I do, I love it. I mean, hearing myself talk about it is amusing. So why aren't you writing anymore? 
why aren't you engaging? Like, you got this scholarship, this massive national award, and you've done these things. Why aren't you, you know, publishing in literary magazines? And why aren't you just going for it? <laughs> and I needed time away from the identity of writer. And we're going to get into that. We're going we're gonna to walk through all of this, right? But please continue to lend me your ear. Through self-reflection, I've realized that every time I've stopped writing, it's come from a place where a significant relationship or friendship in my life has ended. A tower moment, as we've discussed in this podcast before. A tower is a major arcana card in tarot. And basically it's indication of the old collapsing for a new foundation to be made. And it's honest. It's, I can't be any other way. Like I said, I'm not ever going to record an episode twice. I'm never going <laughs> to, listen, I just don't have it in me. It's either it's authentic and it's honest and it's, it's coming from my heart as it always is, or it's not. And that's just how I feel about it. I don't want to debate anything. And it's real. And it's incredibly vulnerable. Perhaps too vulnerable, but needed. But healing. A warm chaos, if you will. Something like a Caribbean hurricane ravishing <laughs> through the islands. And the silence after. And, and you know, the, the, the debris and all of it brought by the hands of Mother Nature. I should be writing. And I want to write. But I think that my fear or concern, but we can go with fear. I think that's, that's very human, right? For us to be scared of things that are good for us. <laughs> it wouldn't sound the same. The writing that I had at 16, the place that I wrote from at that age wouldn't be the same. Because the person I was before is not the same. The way that I speak now is not the same. The way I'm speaking now from the way that I started when I first hit record on this podcast is not the same. What if it's not good? <laughs> right? I, I love uplifting other people and then I, I really, really do. Right? But what if it's not the same? What if it's not as good as my writing as was in when I was 16? I'm 20 now. I turned 21 in December. What if it's not the same? What if it's not as impactful? What if I what if I can't write from the same place of pain? What if the best art is the only art that comes from pain or identity? What if I can't write from my identity? What if that's not what's healing for me anymore? What if I've surpassed that? What if I do pick up writing about my identity and it's not from the same space? It doesn't sound the same way. And, and it's never been oppressive, I don't believe. I don't, I think perhaps maybe one or two of my pieces, but at the end, it's always coming out on top, one way or another. At the end, it's always a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but what if I've I've, I'm crossing that threshold right now. Well, how do I write from that space? How do I write from a space that disregards completely all of the things I've accomplished before? 
and doesn't take them into account. How do I write from a place of curiosity? Maybe it's not the what if. Perhaps my question for myself now is the how. And how do I construct something I've never seen before? And no one has the answers. And that's the hard part about sharing something so intimate. Because it's one accolades and it's one praises. And it's like, hey, how do you... (laughs) Why can't you just pick up the pen and write? You know, if I, you know, it's like... If I won a Grammy, I would just make another album. Well, you know, yeah, sure. But how do you, how, you know, how do you create from a space that disregards these things? What if I never shared my writing? Then these wouldn't have existed. And I'm completely, absolutely pleased. I'm so grateful. And Emmy at 16, incredible. Please, I just, don't get me wrong about it. But how do I not compare this self to my younger self? And I'm sure if she was here now and I were to have a conversation with her, I'm sure she would just be in tears because what I'm doing right now would be everything. This is what we always wanted. We just wanted to be, you just wanted to speak and be heard and listened to. And you're doing that. Isn't that the goal? Wasn't that the thing? Wasn't that the, you know, isn't that what we always wanted? And all of it, we're still figuring it out. How do I begin writing new stories? Not those stories again, but new stories. How do I return to something that healed me so much after the healing? How do I stop punishing myself with its distance? How do I step out of my own way? How do I read again? I want to, I want to, I want to. How do I make time for myself? Because I think something I've realized is I made a lot of time for myself. And every time I stopped writing was because I stopped making time for myself. I started to center other people in my life and I want to trust myself enough not to do that (laughs) but how you know how do I how would I know because one thing that's for sure is when you are so much in an energy that you're doing something that you love You become so magnetic and so beautiful, right? Beautiful, be you to the fullest. You become so beautiful that people can't help but to gravitate towards you, right? And then it's it's like, oh, well, you know, I've never had this kind of attention before. Let me recenter. And I feel like it's just been chipping away. <laughs> but I don't want it to chip away anymore. I want to return to it. And and now it's like I, I, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost scared to fall in love with it all over again. And it's silly. It's so silly. Please. <laughs> and 
if anything, it's not anyone's fault. It's not anyone's fault. I'm really, really, really massive on self-accountability and, and, and learning from the self and learning from other people and learning from stories and, and recentering and refocusing and balancing and right it's 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 a constant reframing <laughs> of existence and and it's not anyone's fault it was never anyone else's fault you know it's just life and i needed all of those relationships and i needed to find discernment and it all led me to this point in time and I need it to find my healing and my value. And I want to learn to create regardless of external circumstances in my life. I want to maintain the things I love that give me so much joy and power. But then again, I'm also like, who am I to feel so entitled to that flow of magic that I once tapped into? It sort of just happened right? Like this, what I'm doing right now, it sort of just happened. And I want to fall into that again. But it sort of was like this, um, it was like a dance, right? And I suppose that I'm, I'm trying to listen to a song I've never heard before. Like, I don't know the rhythm. I don't know the tempo. I've, I'm not even sure what genre it's in. And here I am like, please, I want to listen to more music. And most importantly, I don't think I can write from that wounded place anymore. And they say that the best art comes from those wounds, right? We're returning. <laughs> See, it's this, um, this circle. I'm trying to find our way out of it. But what if I don't want to write from that wound anymore? It's like I've always painted the color blue, but now I want to paint with blue and green. But, but now I don't want to paint. No, I don't really want to paint from blue and green. Now I want to paint with green. And perhaps we can add a little bit of purple and we can just add so many colors. I, I, I never thought I could paint with before. Everyone has always applauded the depth at which I could paint in blue. The contrast, the hues, the genius of it all. But who am I? Now that I want to incorporate healing into that. And perhaps it wasn't always just pain. Perhaps I was writing from a place of healing. But this is this is different. It's different this time. <laughs> Who am I now without the old narrative? How does that affect my art? And I can't see that if I'm, I don't pick up the pen to write damn it <laughs> you know that's something that's helped me find my voice is something I'm actively keeping myself away from that's scary isn't it the thing that's helped bring color into my world is something I'm letting people walk away with and for what and why and it's not their fault I almost want to say it's mine, right? I want to say it's mine. I'm doing it to me, right? It's so very flawed and so very human. <laughs> I want to close the distance. Hmm? 
sounds all so very romantic and I don't mean it to be <laughs> I don't I don't I don't mean for it to sound so intimate it just does and when I write a new piece I I I want that to be the next poem or piece or vignette that's shared I want to fall in deep again Writing poetry, and just in general for me, is something that is so intimate. It's me and the words and the language, and nothing else matters. It doesn't really matter to me. I can write anywhere. <laughs> and the thing is, I've written poetry in Japanese. Like in the Japanese, like haikus in Japanese, I've incorporated the way Creole is spoken and translated into English as my own poems. And no one could tell the difference. Haitian Creole, my native tongue, is very poetic. It's full of proverbs and poetry. To truly speak the language, you have to sit down with the natives. To truly laugh in the language, you must sit down with an uncle or a grandmother. English is also a fun language to play with. You have to break its spine, though. <laughs> so I've always, you know, my, they've always, my grammar has never been top tier <laughs> i must i must admit my professors have always gone on me for my grammar and i do it on purpose i really do think there's a part of me that does it on purpose and it's wrong and it's bad and it's you know i just i sprinkle in commas like parmesan <laughs> like i just i must i must do it i i just i sprinkle in commas like herbs you <laughs> i just I must, I want it imperfect. I want it, I want to break this language. <laughs> you know, I just, and then with poetry, I want to follow rules more. Rules that don't even exist. Isn't that funny, right? In English, like where, you know, there's essays and it's very formatted, it's four rules. I'm like, oh, let's break it. And then with poetry, I'm like, ah, this, I still, I still play with poetry. I still, you know, I love that they're, at least my style or what was right because now I want to be more curious with things but what was my style a lot was a story a beginning middle and end creating something in which people could understand and see me from in a way that I was not seen from before and that's a lot for a 16 17 year old <laughs> but that was the old soul in me you know, it's not to say that I wanted to be so serious and, you know, studious. And, you know, I just, it, it wasn't the case. I just wanted to be heard. And the way that I did it was in a way that I'm afraid would still ostracize me from my peers. I'm sorry, young Olan. <laughs> just no matter the way you flip the dice, it just, but here we are today, right? It is what it is. Not only is language such a fun thing to play with, I've also always loved that the right, the kind of writing I had, or spoken word, or stories, or it would always touch people that hated reading and poetry the most. I just I loved those little things. Cause funny enough, they could you know it's something that. 
they could also understand. And they're like, I love, I just, it's so genius. I don't even know how you could do it. And I loved sharing that. I loved seeing people brighten up because at the end of the day, like I love to give and I love, you know, I'm learning to love to heal and I'm learning to love to, you know, just, it's a lot of fun. And I've also had the gift of being placed around different walks of life and different stages at different stages of my life. So English is not just a standard one. I learned from my Catholic private school with its 10 pages of cursive every morning. It's also the AAVE, African American Vernacular English of the South specifically, of Georgia specifically, because it gets very specific. It's also sitting next to other Latinos and getting a taste of home close but not quite it's also the southern georgia twang that pops out every now and then that even if i don't catch myself you could hear it (laughs) it's insane because i also have a creole accent because creole is my first language you know but it's it's always so enamoring to hear other people's accents at least for me i i love it right i i i it's everything for me, right? And especially the the southern Georgia. Like, people are like, oh, there's so many people moving down south. And, you know, I'm like, no, you can still hear it. If you <laughs> if you get them riled up about something, you'll hear it. You'll hear the southern accent. Trust, 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 trust. It's the same thing for me. I get really passionate about things. Psh, 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 like, the English starts to thicken. <laughs> So it's it's similar. My accent comes out in waves as well. But I love hearing it from even my parents. I don't I don't really correct their um especially my mother. I don't really correct certain things she says anymore cuz I just I want to keep it in place intact. That's you know, it's there's there's, a, there's stories and accents. And so um all of this has contributed to my writing at one point in time. My own voice, the sound and color of it has changed immensely since then. And I would hope so, right? We would hope so. Evolution, growth, transformation. It's things I say I love and talk about all the time. I know, please tell me philosophy. It's just, I could, we could do this for hours, really, truly, honestly. But the language, it's more full. The words pack more assurance and the overall aura is different. Whereas before it was finding the voice physically through writing and expressing it that way, it's now become the voice being found and translating it into writing. How do I do that? (laughs) How do I do this? Listen, but also I believe that sharing my writing had boxed me in for a while and being the thing that gave me so much freedom also became the thing that put me in a cell and after a while I felt like all my pieces would begin to mimic and echo at each other and I just I became very, I became very 
I don't want to say sad, but almost frustrated with myself. Because one time someone told me, right? It's always, it always happens for me. Someone told me this thing and I'm carrying it with me like a child and I really need to let it go and drop it. But it was this mentor I had at this program and it was years ago now that we think about it, which is crazy. And they said, you know, I can't wait to see what your writing looks like after you step out of, you know, basically my identity what would my writing look like if i wasn't talking about the my 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 family's history or being you know haitian or caribbean and you know it's beautiful beautiful writing if i wasn't talking about if i wasn't weaving in history and i wasn't weaving in identity and i wasn't what would my writing look like and the farther away I've stepped away from writing, the more I've been thinking about that myself. And at the time, I completely ignored this person, as I do. That's what I do. Sometimes I get wisdom outside of myself, and I look at it, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, like, all the other mentors here like it, all of them, but like, sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to... And it's so funny, right? Because I got so many other, not even critiques on my writing. My writing would always be very um, celebrated and loved and accepted. And I needed that, right? I needed that. So ironic, right? That I needed those things because I didn't, that's not something that I had, right? In, in the scope, in the sphere of, the social fabric <laughs> of attending school because that's something that's a long time in our lives let's be honest right that's a long time like that acceptance that celebration of something i could do and do very well and do at such a young age it's always like you know and you the crazier thing is i was always waiting for critique i was always waiting for the the um What's it called? The, the 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 ball to drop? What is it? The something, the knife to fall? I don't know, right? That thing. I was waiting. I was like, when is someone going to tell me my writing sucks? When is someone going to tell me, right? To reinforce the thing in the back of my mind that maybe it's not as good as everyone's, you know, and that's also imposter syndrome, right? Like, oh, you see how all the moving parts were moving? We're beginning to, you know, understand. And so... I was always waiting for that. And then when someone told me, you know, I, I'm excited to see what your writing will look like. Almost as to say outside of this identity, because you have such a color and way of writing that would be so interesting to see translated in, in other ways. And, you know, for me, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not... I wasn't, I don't think I was ready, but out of all the, um, things that I got, that's one of the most vivid things I remember the most. And at the time I would think, oh my God, like, why would you tell me this? You know, this is so crazy. This is, to me, this is stupid. Like, you know, but now I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is good. And sometimes you have to step away from things as well, right? Because through all of the 
the the pats on the back and on the head and the, you're so great and dope at what you do you know through all of these things there becomes a sense of obligation to create and anything that resembles enslavement makes <laughs> makes the blood of my ancestors pumping through my veins be like mm, i don't like that what i'm trying to say is the relationship that we share me and poetry and writing and playing around with language and essentially playing around with you <laughs> is one that I wish to have throughout my life even if it's crazy to think and to say even if right I just share that one piece of poetry I have and I never share anything ever again just to maintain and just to hold that relationship so dearly with me perhaps it has to be private for a while perhaps i shouldn't share perhaps i should just make a library <laughs> of poetry and then one day come out and say look look i created all of these things now you know um way past you know i made this one when i was 20 i made this one when i was 21 i made this one when i was 25 and now i'm ready to share collections upon collections upon collections of pieces and i want you to look through them and i want you to tear them apart and i want you to go line by line and i want you to critique them and i want you to love them and i want you to um play in them as i've gotten to play in them and overall i'd want to try and maybe maybe if it could save someone else's life too the way it saved mine maybe it could hold up a mirror that they need too it's just a thought a dream perhaps because sometimes the mirror that was held up for me did not come from people that looked like me sometimes the mirror came from someone that was completely different <laughs> culturally from me racially spiritually religiously whatever happened but i was like oh this beautiful human being expressing themselves in this way inspires me so deeply to express myself in such an unapologetic way but maybe it's more than that that also maybe orlan the writer orlan the writer had to step away in order to just be and find orlan because funnily enough, we cannot use poetry <laughs> for the rest of our lives to communicate to people. We must find our own language and our own words. Learn to articulate oneself. I do not have to be branded as the podcast host or the writer or poet or the artiste or the linguist. I can just be Olan. And that's enough. You know, I don't have to be like black excellence because <laughs> I also think and this is a whole other conversation. My gosh, um, that's a whole other thing. But it doesn't have to be black excellence. It could just be that I'm in this lifetime black and the transcendence beyond that, that I am woman and I can just be a woman. <laughs> I could just be a human, damn it. <laughs> no, like it's so 
You know, like, I'm, sometimes I'm like, can anyone breathe in this room? This is a lot. Like, oh my gosh, I could just express. And the things that I do, you know, like, everything will just fall into places it may. And perhaps that's what needs to happen. Perhaps that's why we're here. Maybe that's the conclusion. You know, maybe that's it. And everything happens for a reason. Maybe that's the reason, right? Why I've stepped away. Another one. Because I, if I didn't step away from the written words, I would never have learned to speak without stanzas and lines and and in proverbs. And I could just learn to just give it to you straight. <laughs> and it's time to pull all the pressure back and just bring it back to poetry and language and my love for it and just... A space where I'm sitting down, I'm looking at the sheet of paper. It doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be great. But hey, we can pull this word and do this. We can create a stanza out of this. We can turn this seed into flowers and the flowers into bouquets. And perhaps I just need to write for a while and not share any of it. Perhaps that's a solution. When I'm ready to share, then I share. I, I really, really like that, actually. But But I do also want to continue to share in this space, but perhaps there does need to be a period where I'm just writing for myself and then I can bring it out. And then it could be all uh, lovely and, dare I say, refreshing and new. It's been a journey and perhaps this episode also has held up a mirror from something perhaps you've stepped away from or maybe are considering stepping away from or drawing conclusions to or perhaps you just enjoy the topics I have and the way that I speak and this has just been a nice journey for you to flow down as well I want to give myself another chance I want to give this relationship another chance and I'm not too fond of second chances but for this for you <laughs> I want to try again, I do. And I'm afraid that I am too much of a romantic, too much of an optimist, a bit too stubborn to let this magic go, to not say at least that I tried again. Well, it's been a journey. It's also been quite real all the time. Take care of your spirit, being, in essence, good luck.